Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, October 6th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Why the media matters now more than ever. Plus, how other countries are using robots to fight the virus. But first, the state of play 28 days before the election is today's one big thing. It's three weeks before the presidential election. And here's where we're at. Though he may not entirely be out of the woods yet, the team and I agree that all our evaluations, and most importantly, his clinical status, support the president's safe return home. That was President Trump's physician on Monday night before the president was released from Walter Reed Medical Center, where he's being treated for COVID-19. Before he left the hospital, we saw him tweet, quote, Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. And a second tweet saying he'll be back on the campaign trail soon. Meanwhile, former Vice President Biden does have the campaign trail to himself and was in Miami for a town hall last night with NBC. I'm the guy that ran against the socialists. I've taken on the Castros of the world. I've taken on the Putins of the world. I've taken on all these dictators. I haven't cozied up to them. I am no more a socialist than uh, or a communist than Donald Trump is. Well, I won't say it anyway. Alexi McCammon is a political reporter for Axios, and she's here now to catch us up on everything that is going on with this presidential campaign. Hi, Alexi. How are you doing? Hi, I'm tired. You're not the only one. So let's start with President Trump, Alexi. He's back to the White House with a lot of questions about his health still unanswered. That's right. The sense that I've been getting from sources I've heard from within the White House is that people are really unhappy about this decision after he's only been at the hospital for a few days. I actually talked to someone Monday who said, quote, it's insane that he would return to the White House and jeopardize his staff's health when we are still learning of new cases among senior staff. This place is a cesspool. That was the end of the quote. And that's really just reflecting this fear that folks have as they are seeing one by one these other folks within Trump's inner circle who are working in the West Wing, working at the White House, working in close proximity to all these other staffers who don't have the same sort of testing and resources that President Trump does. They're really freaked out about this. Meanwhile, former Vice President Biden is out on the campaign trail. That's right. Some people are kind of surprised that Biden is still traveling because of how many people around Trump have tested positive. But here's the thing. They don't travel anywhere without coordinating very closely with state officials. And the events that they do host when they are going in person are kind of dictated by local state officials who are deciding what's safe and what makes sense for people in their area based on the COVID situation there. They are getting tested probably more now than they were before Trump tested positive, and before Trump tested positive, Biden was getting tested for COVID pretty regularly. Now it's just about every single day, if not every day, since Friday. And on Friday, Biden was tested twice a day. Has this shifted any of the campaign strategy for the Biden campaign? The big change we're seeing from the Biden campaign is a rhetorical shift in their messaging. You don't hear them talking about President Trump in personal terms. They're still holding him accountable for mishandling the pandemic and holding him accountable for policy disagreements that they have. But you don't really hear them going after him or criticizing him in the way that we did before. We do hear them talking about the policies that they would instate about the coronavirus, especially a national mask mandate. So it's really giving Biden an opportunity to highlight his own vision and his own policies in a way that he didn't really have the opportunity to before. We have a debate on Wednesday 
with Senator Harris and Vice President Pence. Are we going to see her strategy change? Yeah. So now we expect in the conversations I've had with people close to her and her debate prep, we expect that she's going to tie Vice President Pence to Trump, shred them on the record that they have in handling the pandemic, on health care, on the Supreme Court, civil rights, and so much more. It's going to be a lot less personal and a lot more focused on policy. And the pandemic is still going to be on the table, even though it's a more sensitive topic to be handled now. And speaking of the debate on Wednesday, Alexi and I are going to be on Instagram live. We are taking over Axios's Instagram account, and we are going to be answering any of your questions about what's been going on for the past couple of days. Alexi McCammond is a political reporter for Axios. Thank you, Alexi. Thank you. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the media's 2020 moment. Welcome back to Axios Today. Let's take a moment. Can you think about how you found out that President Trump tested positive for the coronavirus? Or how you know how many people have contracted COVID-19 in your community? It's obvious now that journalists are on the front lines of this pandemic providing this information, but they have been all along. Sarah Fisher is Axios's media reporter, and she's been thinking about the role the media has played in 2020. I think the role of the press has been to uncover things we wouldn't have ever known. If it weren't for Bloomberg's Jennifer Jacobs, who reported last week that Hope Hicks had tested positive, we might have never known that the president himself contracted coronavirus. And so the role of the press is to find out the truth and let the American people know it. I think people may have forgotten it was only last week that the New York Times had a story about President Trump's tax returns. Yeah, that's right, Nyla. I think there's a lot of instances, whether it's about the White House or coronavirus or just business in general, we wouldn't have known about instances where the powerful aren't being held to account if it weren't for the press. I mean, that tax story by the New York Times is a great example. But, you know, another story that I always point to was the New York Times' Maggie Haberman reporting in April that Peter Navarro had sent a memo to officials in the White House saying that they anticipated trillions of dollars would be lost and that millions of lives could be at risk. This reporting shows that the White House knew more than they ever admitted they did. And if it weren't for the media, we would never know that they were covering this up. I wonder how you think about the significant portion of the population that thinks that the media is lying about all of this. To be honest, Nyla, I don't blame them. There are so many voices that are telling them that the media is the enemy of the people, that the media is fake news, that I'm not surprised that their trust in the institution has been eroded. And I would put this on every single person to try to actively bring back the trust in those institutions, because there is going to be a time when we need to rely on the media for our public health and safety. If you look at what's happening in local news, Those outlets are responsible for making sure parents are aware when there are outbreaks in schools. This is important work. And my fear is that people aren't paying attention and believing the media when they probably need to be doing so most. Sarah Fisher covers media for Axios. Before we go today, can I introduce you to my new favorite robot? My name is Pepper. I'm a humanoid robot and I'm 1.20 meters tall. Pepper was developed by SoftBank in 2014 to help businesses with simple tasks, like welcoming visitors and giving them directions. My purpose is to interact with humans. 
To do that, I have cameras and microphones in my head. Now that technology is being used to help slow the spread of the coronavirus, Pepper can measure body temperature and politely remind people to wear masks in crowded spaces. I think one of you is not wearing a mask. Please make sure to take a mask from the table. Pepper is already hard at work in countries like France and Japan for a steep price tag of almost $14,000. Well, if you ask me, I'm priceless. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.